0: Hello, and welcome to some Derp's Talk About Movies. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk about Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast. Well, this is a
1: special uh, bonus-ode, bonus... So bonus episode. Wow, that actually kind of worked out better in my head. A bonus. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a special bonus. episode. you know, obviously we typically talk about games, but here we're we're, you know, talking about movies uh, and up on the slate is, you know, like the first big uh, I can't believe that we call this a summer blockbuster release when it came out in March. <laughs> the first big summer blockbuster release, uh, Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> and, of course, it's uh, it's precedent, it's antecedent, uh, Man of Steel, both directed by Zack Snyder. Starring Henry Cavill. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm so, I'm like, I'm secretly so excited to talk about this that I kind of don't even know uh, where to talk,
0: where to start specifically. Um okay so if we want to jump right into it I think that maybe we should start with uh we should start with well, let's start with man of steel because it's the prequel um fair enough and uh back in our our uh, our vigilante episode um in the gaming and in the mainline podcast you you had mentioned essentially your issues with some of the typical criticisms of uh man of steel um some criticisms that i had i, I had thought were um in, in some ways fair, but let's you you want to start why you like do you like Man of Steel? Oh, I-, I love Man of Steel. I lo- I
1: love both of these movies. Uh, so I'm a big so okay. I'll just cards on the table so everyone understands, right? Um, I'm a big DC fanboy when it comes to comics. I'm a big I'm a big Marvel fanboy. I'm just a big comics fanboy at the end of the day, right? Um, but uh, I'm a big DC fanboy in the sense that I've always. Slightly preferred DC to Marvel, um, and I'm a, and I'm a big DC movies fanboy in the sense that uh, I really like Christopher Nolan. Obviously, those Batman movies are great, uh, and I really like Zack Snyder. Right, Zack Snyder I think is a great, awesome director to be uh, at the forefront of a lot of these uh, at a lot of these comic book movies, and so. I watched Man of Steel. I actually, I didn't even see it on like opening night or anything. I watched it in theaters because a friend of mine who was a teenager in high school at the time was really hyped and really pumped about it. And he said, you know, like, oh, you need to go watch Man of Steel. It's so awesome, et cetera, et cetera. And just in the tone of his voice, I could hear the same kind of like excitement that I had had when I was a high schooler and these Christopher Nolan movies were coming out. That's what convinced me to go see it. Uh, back in the day when I was unemployed and super broke and did not have the eight dollars to rub together, I guess fifteen or however much it w- it costs to see the movie. But I'm really glad I saw it. I'm really glad I saw it on the big screen. And uh, I don't
0: know. I just I really fucking I really like that movie. Um, then, well, just just to, to establish a baseline, which uh, do you prefer, Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel?
1: I prefer Batman versus Superman uh, okay.
0: in the sense that I
1: like. Batman Superman better. I think it's a worse movie overall. Like I think it has
0: more flaws. Uh, but. Uh, and what was the last time you saw uh, Man of Steel?
1: Oh geez. Maybe three or four weeks ago. Uh, I've actually watched it. A couple – I think since the beginning of this year, I must have watched it like four or five times. Because sure, because you were highly of,
0: anticipating the, the Batman Superman. I, movie yeah, I was starts. really
1: anticipating the movie, and uh, and it's one of those movies that is very good kind of uh, – You know, like when I'm playing World of War – like, you know, I've talked about this on the game side of the cast, right? When I play World of Warcraft, when I'm playing Minecraft, right, I like to be watching something on the other screen. A lot of the times, it's, you know – some foreign movie that I, that I got Oscar buzz that I never got around to, or like the, you know, like the imitation game, which got a limited release and I didn't get to see it in theaters, right, uh, but when I'm in a particularly, like, brain dead, I don't, I just wanna, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not looking to, uh, uh, I'm not looking to tread new ground. I'd put on Man of Steel because it's just kind of such a visual treat. And I never get tired of watching. I just never get tired of watching
0: that movie. Okay. Um, and you've seen Batman v Superman twice, right? Yeah,
1: I saw it twice. I saw it uh, on opening-ish night. In L.A. they have, they have, these, Thursday, uh, they have these Thursday previews. Right. And the Thursday previews are at you know six or eight, and so I got like a ton of my friends together, many of whom work in the film industry. I think one of whom actually worked on batman Superman uh, and uh, and we all went to this super fancy theater and we saw it and then uh, and then I, and that following week, I just you know I went back to see it again on thursday uh, on Thursday night after I had kind of come back and read everything I possibly could about all
0: of these opinions and stuff on the movie yeah for for contrast um I am more of a Marvel fan than I am a DC fan. I'm not, not it's not particularly a strong preference. I, I like particular Marvel characters better than, like, like those are my favorites, but I don't think I would say I like the Marvel Universe particularly more. I think I know it better. Um, and the answer to into the other two things are, I didn't see Man of Steel in theaters. The first time I saw Man of Steel was approximately three hours before I saw um, Batman versus Superman last week, and I've only seen it once. Oh, wow, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I specifically watched in preparation um, for watching Batman vs. Superman because I kind of wanted to to see it before um, it reverse colored my judgment Right, like obviously I, I couldn't avoid the kind of um, claims about Man of Steel that I had, that I had heard in popular removed but uh, I have to say that I like I, I like Batman versus Superman a lot better than man of Steel I think Batman versus Superman is not great but I think it's fairly solid but I thought that that Man of Steel was was aggressively so, mediocre.
1: Aggressively mediocre. I really like phrases like that. Um I think uh uh I think a good place to start is where well, like y- so you mentioned that some of these criticisms is about Man of Steel like what what were the ones that like particularly landed for you?
0: So so the the one that landed the hardest for me was that like it's it seems like a small thing but when um when John Kent, when, when when Superman when when young uh, Clark Kent says, "Was I supposed to just let those kids die?" and John Kent's like, "Maybe." Like that 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 always, that kind of struck me. It's like, wh- what are you like? What are you talk like this? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like I like, see what you're saying. Yeah. Like it's it's one of those moments where like you know in the normal like like that, that's one of those moments that just kind of like rips me out of this like. Like this. This is this is John Kent, right? Like this is like this is supposed to be like like the solid moral upbringing that turns Superman into like the the poster boy he is. And I understand you can do things that are different with the characters, which I, I and you know I think that's fine. But I think that like Superman still being very Superman-y coming out of that kind of I don't know piece piece of it always hurt me. I, I just didn't like uh, I, I you John know Kent I in general. I,
1: I I think I see where you're coming from. I've heard this criticism a lot. It's not something that ever bothered me because I always... I like this interpretation almost where John Kent himself understands that he's being hypocritical. Because the specific quote actually that he says, because I've seen this movie so many fucking times, he says, I don't know, maybe? Like, he he doesn't know. And I think that... and that I I liked that moment when I first saw it. Uh, I liked that moment because I... There's there's obviously a tension between the two things that John Kent is saying, right? Like that you have this responsibility to help people, right? That obviously you should do the right thing and by by saving people's lives. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm afraid for my son if he, re, you know, like if he reveals himself to the world, right? What that you know, will that world embrace him? Will that world trust him? Yeah, uh, so to speak. And I think that that those. That tension is something I felt a lot in the theater. And then only afterward, somebody pointed it out to me. He's like, Yeah, John Kent just said that he should have let a bunch of kids die. And I was like, Whoa. I didn't even, you know, like I didn't even read it that way. Yeah. Um, um,
0: So I'll I'll admit that that was one that I had heard before I saw it. And so I was kind of like, I kind of expected it. And so that probably colored my judgment. And now that you said that, I can see it as kind of like a, you know, my heart says save the kids, but my brain says no because it's not worth the risk type of thing. And I, I think that's a – I don't think it was the best portrayed point But I understand the intention.
1: Yeah, I think uh, – to be honest, I think that's one of the bigger failings of Man of Steel um, is that I, I get – this is – I'm going to use this phrase a lot. Like I get what he was going for, but I don't quite – I don't think he quite like stuck the landing – um, for instance, we, you and I were talking about this before the cast. Obviously, we were talking about like the John. Oh, by the way, I guess at this point, spoiler warning, right? I yeah. guess we have to put up a spoiler Words. warning. We're gonna we're gonna spoil these two movies. Um, I guess as a quick disclaimer, in case anybody has been seeing, you know, the reviews and hearing the buzz about uh, Batman Superman, I wholeheartedly recommend going to see it. Right? I think it is certainly a theater worthy movie just from like a visual point of view i think it's a beautifully shot movie and it is like appropriately kind of grandiose for the uh you know for the big screen i saw it in imax i actually saw it in imax once and then not in imax the second time and that difference made that that made a difference to me personally so um i think you should you know kind of give it a shot don't expect uh, don't expect the world but uh it is it is I don't know. It's a it's a it's a movie that I like and I recommend to people. Um, well,
0: if, just to give my my flip side of of the, to answer that kind of same question should you go see it or not? Um, I thought it was a solid movie. Like I wouldn't say run outside right now and go see it, but if you have a movie, if you if you're going to go see a movie and you're not sure, Batman versus Superman is a fine choice. Don't don't. So the, the big thing I want to say is. Don't listen to the critics that are like, "This is the worst superhero movie ever," and made me hate all the super movie, superhero movies ever. Like I've <laughs> seen some of those headlines. It's yeah, definitely not true. It is yeah. much better than that. That's 100%. the thing I really want to impress. Is like, it is not a bad movie. Definitely uh, not. Uh, but anyway, now okay. Spoilers:
1: three, two, one. Okay. Um, the John Kent death scene, right? Um, the. Uh,
0: the kid does seem uh see that this bothers me a lot too. See,
1: I, I I totally get where you're coming from when we were talking about it the other day, and I I well, so I never got to the bottom of this personally because I didn't uh I didn't have a chance to go rewatch the movie because I think I was arguing with you at like at work at the time. Oh, I, um, I
0: actually found the clip and, and linked it to you. Uh but yeah, really that's, I, yeah. I don't remember. Okay, I haven't seen oh. I haven't
1: seen the clip. Uh but the we were talking about the John Kent death scene, and to me, the John Kent death scene read as like, uh, he was going. He, you know, he, like this. This whole thing is about how John Kent is wrong, right? This whole thing is about how John Kent told Superman not to come save him, right? Um, and you know, Superman, Clark Kent. He's really Clark Kent at the time, uh, and and Clark listened to his father, and that's the. That's a huge regret for him. Right. Um, I thought he said that out loud because there's this part where he's talking about it with Lois Lane. Right. Lois figures out who Clark is. They meet in the graveyard at Jonathan Kent's grave or whatever. And he tells the story and then like, he tells the story and then he says something to her that I thought I thought he he, he just said it. I just that I thought he just said that this was, you know. This was my biggest regret, or whatever, but uh, I, I couldn't find the scene for the life of me on like YouTube or any other
0: kind of cl- place to to actually confirm that. What did what did the scene that you linked to? I actually say. Um. So you know what? Here, here, here's an idea. Okay. So we just went and watched the clip. I showed it to Buddy, um, and Buddy, you, your thoughts? Yeah. So you're right. Uh, he, I well, you're right in
1: the sense that. Uh, the argument that we had off this cast, uh, he doesn't actually say it out loud. I thought Superman actually said, you know, it's my, you know, it's my greatest regret, but I was obviously misremembering. Um, he asks Lois the question, right? He says, so he went, I, he you know, like, I let part. my father die because he was convinced, you know, that uh, that mankind wasn't ready. Uh, and then he says, you know, what do you think? And I, and the implication of the scene to me was always that he regretted that, like he regretted that thing taking okay.
0: place. See, um,
1: but yeah, you're right. He he doesn't ever, ever say, God. See, this is exactly what I mean, right? I feel like I'm seeing, I, I you know, like, I I thought it was. Uh, I just thought it was more explicit than that. But yes, in it, it doesn't nail the execution.
0: <laughs> so so seeing it a couple times now, and um, just just for a little bit of context, I'll, I'll actually link to the the whole scene in the uh, in in the in the description of the video. That way, you you go, you guys can judge for yourselves. But um, this is also. Lois has just found uh, Clark Kent um, and knows who he is, and uh, I I think and uh, essentially I think uh, he's making a plea to Lois Lane, or at least it read to me like he's making a plea to Lois Lane to not to not publish who he is um, to the world, so that he can uh, and this is kind of his justification for it. And the way I always the, the way, rather, I always it's only been like a week or two for me. The way, I, the way I read that scene was, or the the theme of the movie was essentially like Jonathan Kent wanted to make sure it happened at the right moment. That Superman should save himself for when it's necessary, and not a moment before to not throw away what's potentially a, a, a one time thing. Um, and that that was my read on that scene.
1: Interesting. I mean I o see I, I think this also kinda comes into how I read some of the rest of the movie, right? Because like there's also that part where, you know, he goes into the church uh with the priest and I mean yeah, there's oh, man. Obviously that that's that's just tons like... of Jesus imagery in this place. But where he's in the church and he says, You know, I'm the one they're looking for, right? Um should I, you know, like if there's a chance I should do it, kind of thing? And the priest says, "Yeah, you know, like you need to." T-. And there's the big, there's the big Jesus in the stained glass yeah. in the background. Uh, Zack big... Steiner's a lot of things. He's not subtle. <laughs> there, there, there
0: was like a straight up uh, a Superman T pose in Batman <laughs> know, versus I Superman. And I, I was, love that pose, dude. Oh, ah, God. I love it. Well, oh. because
1: actually, you know, I do like. uh in in more serious uh, talk, I, I I do like the Superman as Jesus metaphor, um, in general, right? I think it I think it follows pretty well. It obviously follows into Batman Superman, where uh, you know obviously he dies and is going to be resurrected. Spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't understand the basic yeah. principles of comic book blackbusters, right?
0: Like- or, or like the basic principle of like. Or the basic purpose of the final shot of Batman versus Superman, yeah. which like zoomed in on his coffin and showed the dirt behaving funny. Yeah. Um, um, but, but
1: yeah, he you know he is a he is. A, I, I I I've seen a lot of people get bent out of shape about the the Christ analogy in Superman, but I personally think it's pretty
0: good. Um, um, I, I think it's a little bit ham-fisted, but I don't think it's, I don't yeah. think it's a bad comparison. I, I think. Or at least the criticism I've heard is, is about how ham fisted is. But to to rule it yeah, back No, I I'm I'm with you from from ham fisted point
1: of view. There's a few on the internet. I can't remember the one off the top of my head, but they just kind of are going through the movie, and and they play those scenes, and the entire time the critic is just going, I am
0: Jesus! I am Jesus!
1: (laughs) It's just really funny, because, you know, it is, it ain't out, it is really obvious. Um,
0: (laughs) Just just to roll it back to the John Kent death scene for a second, um, my problem, I don't think, was specifically with John Kent dying, it's the fact that he died because he went back for the dog um and one not only is it a dog um but it's also not a dog that we ever like got it, like it's not like we showed you know the, him growing up and him like like being so invested in this like this dog is his only friend when he's now, cuz it's, it's just a dog who until that scene we have never seen in the movie and he he goes back he goes back to the car and dies for for a, a pet and maybe maybe this is just because I'm not a particular animal guy, but that, that always just seemed like a, like, like, like a such, such like a, like I, so my biggest gripe with it is they could have easily made it impactful by making it like somebody, like, like a person, right? Like a person that's trapped that he could have let, let out. And that would have made the scene make so much more sense to me. Uh, I guess I feel that. I think it's a, a little bit nitpicky. I mean
1: who doesn't dogs are universally good at innocent, right? Like who doesn't want to save a dog kind of thing. Um, I think this is a bit of like, you know, this is, this is kind of where like the almost id of Zack Snyder is like on full display because on one hand, you're, you know, like you're quote unquote condemning Jonathan Kent, right? For this mistake, right? It, he is wrong to not to hold, to hold up his hand and not be rescued, right? Uh, I think that which is obviously how I see it or whatever. But at the same time, he's also "quote unquote" right because sacrificing yourself to save the dog is the exact thing that Superman decides to do, right? Yeah, like, that's to fair. sacrifice himself, you know. And and the and so I like moments like this because they are you know. They're they're thematically strong and they have a lot of character. Even if they don't like, in when you look at when you're when you look at the details, they don't kind of make as much sense, right? And it is really kind of weird and almost uh, uh, yeah almost hypocritical on both sides. I, I, um, I
0: think I think this goes <clears throat> to your nitpick point. This goes back to again what we were talking about in in the last podcast is like that's the thing that kind of caught me, right? Like if it doesn't catch you, it's fine. But when yeah. it catches you, you're know, like he. He died because of the fucking dog. Like it just kind of <laughs> yeah. like like you know if, if it breaks your uh your 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 illusion, um, what I can't remember the suspension word suspension of if disbelief. If, if it breaks your suspension of disbelief, it, it really hurts the rest of the movie. Yeah,
1: and I think from you know, and I'll, and I'll just say my suspension of disbelief is like hard ironclad. Actually, that's not even really all that true. It's the it's mostly that like. If if I if I'm being carried by um if I'm being carried by a movie uh I'll I'll just kind of go with it right uh this is also true of Batman uh, Batman v Superman but uh you know just to pivot on things in Man of Steel right my favorite part of Man of Steel is the action and my other favorite part is General Zod I think General Zod is great he's probably the best comic book villain in any comic book movie over the past 10 years. Uh, Actually, I guess 10 years would technically include The Dark Knight. But I mean, just, you know, since the the kind of Marvel era has begun, right, Iron Man onward, uh, so to speak, the... the, the villains have been relatively lackluster and i love zod he has a purpose he has goals he has an ethos and it's complex and it's complicated right and he gets these beautiful like operatic moments where he can just sit there and just be like my sole purpose was to defend krypton right and it's no you know like and without krypton I am nothing and I love that. I love that so much. Um and, and uh and so I my I I was so swept with with Zod and with these Kryptonians and with these fights because those you know those stakes were just so high. Um that I was willing to kind of forgive a lot of stuff that did, you know, pull people out of the movie, right? The destruction of Metropolis in the end of the movie, I get how people can kind of raise their eyebrow even though I think they're kind of almost wrong to uh because I you know the the point the point of that thing isn't you know uh that Superman doesn't want to save people he spent spoiler alert guys he spent the whole beginning half of the movie only saving people right um but uh it was it was to show the you know the the stakes right. These are the stakes with Zod on the planet. He is going to destroy everything he possibly can because he's been turned into a nihilist with the destruction of Krypton. Um, and the only way and the only way to stop him is for Superman to you know have his crazy awesome Dragon Ball Z fight
0: scene. Uh, I don't
1: know. How did you feel about how did you feel about Zod? How did you feel about all that stuff?
0: Um. So. So I, I I get what you're saying. I, I absolutely do. I I do agree that I, I like Zod as a villain. I like to miss like I thought like the kind of point where it's you know my only purpose is to serve Krypton and that is my entire being and that's what I will do. I serve Krypton. Um, I don't think that really came through well until he flat out said it, which you know I I said I said some things were ham-fisted before, but. My impression of the character when they did the Krypton scene at the very beginning of the movie was um, was that he was kind of like... He seemed like he was... Sub- like, that, that wasn't, like, the... the I didn't get the kind of, like, misguided... Um, was it misguided savior from him? He, he seemed kind of subversive. Um, and in, in terms of the Metropolis fight scene... Um, I I think this I, I'm going to straight up say that this is because I saw the first thing I saw in this whole thing was the Batman vs. Superman trailer, and you know the the theme of the trailer is essentially you know God is God is dead or God is terrible or whatever, and watching that scene with the kind of knowledge that that was going to be part of the theme of Batman vs. Superman, I couldn't help but think to myself, well, no shit, right? Like it, it was interesting because to me it kind of caused me to do this this kind of inwards reflection. It's like, you know, do I blame the citizens of Earth for blaming Superman? Because, you know, had Superman not been there, Zod would have never shown up and this terrible tragedy would have never happened. Right? But then, me as kind of like a freedom-loving person was like, well, it's not Superman's fault that someone decided to come after him. Right? None of that is his Mm. fault. And so, I can't blame him for that. But I can understand why, like, I, I can understand why people are aggravated about that, and I, I no,
1: I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel that to a certain extent. I think, um, I mean, so the other half of this is I just love. See, okay, so the other, okay, there are a lot of people who uh, you know get on Man of Steel's case for not quite being. In, in line with like it is such a radical radically different take than the kind of Christopher Reeve uh, right. movie Superman. By the way, all of you people, go watch you go watch Superman Returns from two thousand six. It's a really recent movie. It was also a piece of shit, and it was exactly what the Christopher Reeve's movie would have been like in the modern. Just just say it, just say it. Anyway, um, I you know the the action focus of the movie and the sci fi focus of the movie, um, was like it that that really drew me in because you know I so here's the thing okay there are certain characters comic characters I love I love like every incarnation right aquaman I don't know if I've ever said this aquaman is my favorite superhero of all time uh, I love all all things aquaman I'm a huge batman fan huge green lantern fan uh thor uh is he's, he, he's yeah i god i love all these characters thor dr strange silver surfer right like these these are the characters that i'm just always in their camp right but superman has always kind of lived in like this this version of like you know captain america or like iron man where it's like oh well you know i don't really like these characters in the like they're not my favorites uh but uh you know when they're telling the right stories i'm 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 with it right Um, and the right Superman stories to me have always been these sci-fi ones and have always been these ones, uh, that, that are about these kinds of stakes. Batman V Superman is actually the version of my fate. Like it's kind it's the same thing kind of thematically, even if it's different, uh, in practice of my like favorite takes on Superman where it's like, look, he's not perfect. He, he is, he is all powerful, but he's not perfect. Right. And so if you want to look at it from a spider-man perspective and say with great power comes great responsibility. Well, when you're all powerful, you're all responsible. And when you fail to live up to that responsibility, that, that is a really interesting thing to me. And that's where Superman is the most interesting, uh, as far as, as far as I see it. And so this is the, the man of steel version of Superman where it's like, should I sacrifice myself? Um, for, the, for these people, right? How, how can I stop this terrible tragedy from, from happening, right? At the Batman v Superman version of Superman where it's like, I am imperfect, right? And I don't see everything. And so even though I want to save, I want to do as much good as possible, there are times when I fail and those times suck. Um, though I really, just, I really respond to those Superman stories. And it's my favorite version of, uh, of the character,
0: Oh man, God, I don't know. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, mm-hmm. See, the the problems with Man of Steel to me were, were like a lot of like they didn't feel like a lot of. I, I guess maybe it's it's the stakes. It's it's part of it was, um, like straight up the middle part of the movie didn't make a lot of sense to me, um, like in between, so. the... Uh, Intro stuff happens. Then, then Zod shows up, and and uh, and what's her name? Lois Lane knows who he is, and when Zod comes for him, like Bat or Superman, rather not Batman. Superman like essentially goes out on a limb for Lois Lane for, but doesn't seem to feel like an adequately established reason. Like it just didn't feel like that he should care so much about her that that he appeared to when they had met for all of like thirty seconds or you know they they had like right so, right so, I see what you're saying um and personally I think that they could have spent the time to build that up um especially given that I thought that the I thought the Kansas fight scene was unnecessary and not particularly like the only thing that that the only good thing to come out of that fight was like the military being like he's not our enemy. Um, and I yeah. didn't think that that needed to happen like that that needed to be so so long i I just like because I felt that the one that they didn't establish enough character building and two that the Kansas fight scene was ultimately unnecessary. I thought that that whole middle chunk really fell flat for me and then,
1: i i yeah I see where you're coming from uh i I think that there's kind of. I think there's a lot of pieces to some of this stuff, and I do think that the the same kind of disjointedness in Man of Steel comes back, you know, comes back again uh, in Batman v Superman. But uh, I think the point where you know he's in the church and he says, and the and the priest is like, hey, you know, do you kid, how do you feel about Zod, right? Do you think Zod can be trusted? And Superman goes, you know my gut tells me that he can't. I think that that's basically kind of all of the all of the justification. I don't think Superman 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 go like accepting Zod's plea uh and then Zod alters the bargain to bring Lois Lane with them is that's this is exactly what this is exactly what Superman's worried about that Zod is can't be trusted, right? And that and that the humanity that he's sacrificing himself for is just going to be swept up by Zod anyway. Uh as sort of
0: Sure, you know. but but why is Zod asking for Lois Lane in the first place? Because she knows who Superman is. Oh, I, th- they actually, man, uh, that's a
1: good question. Uh, I because I know the answer to this, or I know that there is an answer to this because I've responded to this thing before, but I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember off let, the top of my let, head. I would have to like rewatch. To, to see the specific thing, the specific yeah, answer.
0: it, it, it always just kind of like it. It seemed to be a very personal connection between um, Superman and Lois Lane that didn't deserve to be there. That's um, fair, and then that's that's kind of why a lot of the, like I said, a lot of that fell flat for me. I thought the action was pretty awesome. Honestly, I thought the crashing of the the fucking helicarrier into the into the into the Zod's vessel, I thought that was amazing. I think my favorite line in the whole movie was was the general repeating back to the to the uh, the Kryptonian woman. You know, it's like it's a like the, it's a good day to die type line, or like a, it it will be a good death. I thought that that was amazing. That was like I think my favorite part uh, yeah. of the whole movie. I
1: secretly love Feora, who is the who is the which is the name of that woman okay. character. I thought she was you know like I don't know. I like the idea that your know, Zod has this like. Awesome, awesome, like dominatrix, almost kind of like hard ass
0: major domo. I don't know. I always, I thought she was super cool. Um, uh, see, I, I love the kind of like even, even though, like it's like when when she boards the plane, this kind of unflinching. Like we know that the bullets aren't going to do anything to them, but that's not going to stop me from unloading a full clip and trying type of deal. Uh, actually, that was my far the favorite part of the Kansas fight scene too. Is the general pulls a fucking knife out and he's like, "You want to go? I'll go." Even though he knows that there's no way to win that fight, like, yeah, that, that <laughs> just, you know that that. So I, I guess that kind of thing just like that speaks supreme badass to me, right? Like Superman is super powered, so like he doesn't get any points in my book for going up against a thing that he should be able to go up against. Um,
1: but Christopher it, Maloney pulling a knife on, uh... yeah. You know, and then there's that other guy that like huge hulking dude kind of man. <laughs> yeah, no, uh,
0: like I did not like aspects of the movie, but I thought over you know, like I said, overall, I thought the movie was.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think I think a lot of this also is kind of like, are you a Zack Snyder kind of guy, right? Like, <clears throat> because I. <clears throat> So Marvel's been around for a long time at this point, eight years, and uh, I think they have kind of changed the formula for for like what a superhero movie is, right? And to a certain extent, I lo- you know to a certain extent I like those things, right? And I, there are plenty of Marvel movies I really I really like and I really get behind, and I like some of the things. Um, but one of them is you know a more kind of light-hearted tone. To these things. Which always. You know like. And I get it. You know. They're kind of kids movies. And everything. And that. And I understand. But it also. It also kind of like. Takes me out of it. To a certain extent. As well. Right. Like. You know. I So I'm notoriously. Down. On the first Avengers. Uh, I think it's a good movie. And I like it. Well enough. But I actually didn't really. I wasn't all that invested. In the movie. Because it spends so much time. Playing up Loki. As a pathetic. And desperate. Villain. Who's just. Gets. Who is wrong and gets beaten by the heroes kind of at every turn? Um, that there's really no menace, and the, you know, like the, the 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 whole stakes and and the and the the climax of that film, right? Where the same kind of shit is happening, but like. It's so totally different because I think the point of this, of the New York scene at the end of Adventures is to look at all of these, you know, to look at all of these superheroes and go, wow, wouldn't it be so fucking cool to be Iron Man, right? Like, wouldn't it be so cool to be Thor, you know, and the lightning fucking, you know, oh, like be the Hulk and just completely destroy this crazy floating dinosaur thing or whatever. And I think the point of the, at the end of Man of Steel is the almost the opposite, right? Like, doesn't it suck? almost, to be Superman? Isn't it hard to be Superman? And so, while I, I get, the, you know, and I like these Marvel movies, and I think the Marvel movies uh, are, are doing it right for kind of, like, for them. I, I'm not trying to disparage them at all. I like the variety that comes with, uh, you know, the kind of Zack Snyder method, where it's like, these movies are less about kind of lighthearted fun, and more about, like, jaw-dropping awe. And uh, I don't know that that's. I feel like that's the that's the thing that gets lost a lot when we talk about these critics who are getting all bent out of shape about uh, about see, Batman v Superman.
0: See, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of issue um, with with your characterization of it as as lighthearted fun, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with liking um, what I'm going to call the more grim, dark movies, which are which the DC movies have tended to be. Like, I I personally I prefer my movies fairly noble, bright. Um, or at least my super, I prefer my superhero stories, Dumbledore, bright. My, I think my favorite thing is like, uh, like the, the goofball with the heart of gold and, you know, the heroes do the heroic thing and they get their heroic do at the end. I, I, you know, I just, I like that story. I like when, when, you know, that everything has to be tinted with the shade of, but you know, everything's terrible anyway. That's, I, I think that's what my, my personal favorite Marvel movies are, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man cuz they really in- embody that spirit. Um and I like them better than even like something like like Deadpool um because they're ultimately about this kind of noble bright thing and I don't think that like you know I, I I think it ultimately comes down to preference. I don't think there's anything worse inherently about appreciating the noble bright aspect or or the, these type of noble bright films um No,
1: I you know I'm definitely uh I'm definitely with you, right? Like I'm not trying to disparage one or the okay. other I'm just trying to say like I think I think a certain narrative that's running against, you know, Man of Steel that's running against Batman v Superman is the this kind of idea that all superhero movies need to follow this Marvel formula. When
0: I just don't think that that's fair or true, right? Um I think that's an interesting characterization um I can't, like, like, what what part of the criticism do you think particularly applies, like, I, I, I maybe, maybe I just, you know, you obviously run in more criti- critical circles than I do, I, I just haven't seen that kind of criticism that it's not enough, like, Marvel, right, because every, every, you know, everybody loves the Dark Knight, and that's about as. You, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: some people put it out. In different kind of terms than that, but if you but at, a lot of it comes down to uh, also you know kind of Christopher Reeve superhero land, right? Sure. Because if we look at the history of superhero cinema, right, you have the Superman movies, right, which are its own era, and then they suck. The Batman movies, which are their own era, and they suck. And then, kinda... and then uh, kind of X, like there was this trifecta right at the beginning of uh, um, right at the beginning of the th- the two thousands, right of Blade. Uh, Uh, the first X-Men movie, the Bryan Singer X-Men movie, and the Spider-Man movie, right? And these three movies just kind of, like, kicked off, like, the modern mainstream diesel engine of, uh, you know, like, of superhero movies, right? But for a lot, you know, but for, like, a lot of these early movies, they were kind of following this Batman paradigm, which is, like, you know, you give your villains a lot of screen screen time, right? And you want to establish, like, high, you know, like, high, high stakes kind of thing. Uh, And then almost, I think... You know, the shift of Iron Man and then kind of into stuff like, you know, the Avengers, right, is a shift back to a Christopher Reeves land where it's like the villains don't matter, right? The villains are kind of – are very secondary uh, to the kind of the main objective. The important thing of these superhero movies is to watch these heroes be heroic and be awesome and be kind of nice. And there's definitely – like I'm not trying to say that – I. it's not even that I don't like those, right? um because i do i like a lot of these marvel movies um it's just that i don't like those exclusively i think that there's That's room fair. in i there's room in the superhero genre for both to coexist right and you can have and you can have uh what i you know like what i consider to be um you know a really good marvel movie which is age of ultron is kind of like which is it has that you know like it has that lighthearted tone you get a bunch of people and they're sitting around and they're all playing or with thor's hammer and everything like that um and uh and you get it and you like these pe- you know and you like these people right uh but also when ultron shows up and when ultron's running around right those that's that's a Big deal, right? That these guys have to drop everything to go to go fight and to go deal with, right? Um the same thing, you know, the I th- the same thing is true for like the Thor movies, right? Where Thor has this fish out of water charm, uh, and you know, he's he does and he does and says things that are kind of crazy and and weird when you put them in like a modern you know, like in the modern era context. There's a lot of comedy to be had there, right? But look at the end of the day, right, you know, Loki sending the destroyer armor uh, into you know onto onto midgard is that 's a big deal right, and you know Loki almost killing Odin to try and take the throne like these you know i get I get invested in those kinds of stakes right, uh, and at the same time you have those movies you have d c movies where the Joker is frighteningly he 's frightening right you know he is sure. a he is a villain and he is you know tough to, he 's tough to deal with, and Batman has to go. You know, right to the brink to beat him, right? The same thing is true for, you know, to pivot to Batman v Superman. You know, the same thing is true for Doomsday and Lex Luthor. Doomsday is going to just destroy the planet, right? The humans, it, you know, the president nukes Doomsday and he shrugs it off and becomes more powerful, right? That, that, that kind of, those kind of stakes, that kind of like epic, epic, uh, if only someone could be our savior yeah you know like i i get i i think those movies are just as you know i don't know they're just as uh, they have just as much space in this superhero
0: marketplace oh absolutely and and while i might disagree with you as to like if if the particular movies we're talking about really fulfill that role i think that at the very least the possible like like the idea that that space exists is definitely true that we could definitely have those types of movies um I was kind of thinking. I, I have this, uh, or rather, I think I'm gonna try and bridge Man of Steel t- to Batman v Superman proper, um, with kind of something that bo- that bothered me about both films. I uh, want to get your take on it. Sure. So the very end of, of 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 Man of Steel is Zod, um in 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 a subway station, um laser eyeing and trying to kill like an innocent family, and this forces superman to kill him it's a very agonizing moment um and it's 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 played out well but the thing that always kind of hit me with that was that not killing zod never seemed to me to be like a super priority for superman he right? never seemed to me like that was such a that would be such a big deal when push came mm-hmm. to shove mm-hmm. um and then to contrast this on the other side um Batman kills a bunch of people, not necessarily directly in Batman versus Superman, um, and it's never addressed. Right, it, like this not killing people is such to me at least a fundamental part of Batman that to not even like kind of pay it the lip service just just seemed really off to me.
1: Um, I mean, we you and I have talked about this uh, off, a off, lot off yeah, but. The first time I watched Batman v Superman, I, uh, so, okay, so you just think, I was really spoiled for that movie because I had, you know, I read a script that wasn't very similar. It was pretty, it was kind of similar, it was kind of similar, uh, a couple of years ago because one had leaked online. Uh, I had been keeping track of kind of these rumors, these spoiler discussions, all this stuff. I knew Doomsday was going to be in the movie before that trailer dropped. Uh, I knew Kryptonite was going to be in the movie before, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff, right? And, um, but... Uh, something that nobody ever, you know, something that nobody ever really addressed beforehand was this idea that Batman kills people, right? So when I went to see the movie, I just, I, I went to see, and I came out of it, and then I was, and then I was reading stuff online, right? I'd seen the movie, now I can go see what people are talking about it, right? What people are saying, and everybody's getting, you know, uh, you know, this is the thing, right? Batman kills a whole bunch of people, and I was just thinking back, and I was like, man, you know, like. I guess I understand where people are coming from, but that really wasn't the impression I got, right? Like, I don't think I like. I understand where you're coming from. I just I don't think that the movie particularly cares all that much. But that, that, um,
0: that's I think that's my issue that the movie doesn't care, right? Like I you know there there's an interview with Zack Snyder. I'll see if I can dig it up and put it in in the description. He's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that you know this Batman this isn't a priority for him, and that's fine. But I think it's such a fundamental part of the character that you kind of have to sign. The fact that the movie doesn't even like give it a second thought just rings weird to me, as some with as some with even the base level knowledge I I have. I think they do. I do think they give it a thought
1: because you know. So okay. Batman's whole arc in that movie is about how ruthless and cruel he's become and lightening up from that, right? That whole – you know, that speed – it's in one of the trailers, right? You know, people – one of the things that I get – that I get bent out of shape about is critics saying, like, no one has any motivation in this movie. Nobody has any character arcs. It's just, like, blatantly not true. Like, did these people watch the same movie? Alfred literally says to him, he's like – that rage and that fear and that feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel and he's talking you know he says it in their first scene together and he's talking about batman right and then you know batman is branding these people which is yeah that's hardcore fucked up and he's you know shooting gas tanks and exploding shit all over the place right um and uh, and then the end of the movie right he does not he refuses to brand Lex Luthor, even though he's, sure. you know, legitimately, you know, like that. This that that's the arc, right? This is the arc that we're looking at, right? Oh, um, you
0: know what? So so now that you've said that, is I don't think that the branding bit signposted Batman not giving enough of a fuck to me, right? Like I felt like there was a significant leap between branding someone and, um. And and essentially blowing up a car that a man is sitting in, right? Which which is kind of the, the first thing that happens after, like the the first death that happens after that. Um, maybe it's because at least so in my mind, there the reasonable you could you could make the justification that Batman does not have a reasonable expectation that branding a criminal will cause them to be murdered in prison, right? right? Whereas.
1: Honestly, that that whole bit is a little bit weird. Just yeah, I, I get why that bit's there. That bit is there to to you. Uh, you watch that from Superman's perspective, right? Which is the, right. like the key difference, right? It's not like Batman saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna brand these guys so that they get you know fucking murked in prison," right? Superman's watching this news thing where it's like you know people are saying that this bat brand is you know is a death sentence. Um, and I I don't think the I I get I kind of get what he was going for, but I don't think the moment quite rung. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think, I think that's part of it. I think like, but, like, so, so to me at least like, right, like Batman could reasonably expect that branding someone wouldn't cause them to be murdered in prison. Maybe that was what we were supposed to take away from it, that he doesn't care enough that he, that he's causing these people to get murdered. Um, but to me, there's a big difference between that and like the reckless disregard for human life of blowing up a car with a person inside is so much more direct of a killing than, then branding someone and as a consequence, having criminals kill them in prison also that logic never rung true for me right like being from like my immediate thought was when he brand because he brands someone before like b- before they announced it like it's killing people mm-hmm. um and my thought was that like my, my immediate thought was kind of like that would be like a like a like a badge of honor almost among criminals right like you know i I went up against the bat and I survived or, or you know I went up against the bat um Type of deal. I I I just didn't make sense to me that that would cause people to to be killed because it, it didn't seem like he was. I mean, I guess yeah, no. Maybe,
1: I I I'm I'm with you. I think that it's one of it's like it's one of the sloppier details of the yeah, movie. Okay, than, that, that they makes sense. They kind of yeah. drop
0: right. Yeah, that, um, that absolutely makes sense.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I, I I I see where you're coming at. I just kind of thought that. Uh, See, even if, even in Zack Snyder's explanation, I didn't even really feel all that – like, it's not – I don't think he's making a definitive statement that Batman is, you know, hard – you know, Batman is, like, hardcore murdering people. Sure. right? Because, it's, look, Zack – look, it's Zack fucking Snyder, right? He's, like, the least subtle director of all time, right? If he wanted to make a point about Batman being, you know, the Punisher now, he would have – he would have – it would have shown that, you know, like, it, it wouldn't be yes, this kind yes, of, like, off thing, right? Um, but I, I definitely, I think that it is a, it's definitely, like, it's definitely jarring. It's definitely weird. It's also a bit of, oh, it's just to link this back to the comic. It's also uh, something that comes directly from The Dark Knight Returns. That whole bit at the end with the flamethrower and everything, um, that bit is lifted straight from the comic, like, panel for panel straight from the comic, right? Batman busts through the wall, he gets the the machine gun, the guy goes, I'll shoot her, I'll do it, and Batman goes, you know, I believe you, and then he, in in the comic, in the comic, you literally see the guy fly out of a window with the bullets lancing through him, uh, obviously in the, in the movie, he just blows up the, you know, the gas tank or whatever, um, and, but yeah i i don't know i uh oh man can i just say something real quick <laughs> i just have to i love the action in this movie i love the action in this movie it's probably the best uh th- th- man i love the action in this movie but uh i think the re- the the reason i'm very in this batman camp uh this batfleck this this affleck as batman camp um is because of how much they're willing to embrace like just the, these awesome, like these awesome moments, um, and this is something that you definitely get it in the Nolan films, right? Flipping the flipping the tractor trailer is super awesome and super cool, right? But that whole beginning Batmobile chase when he harpoons the one car and he's swinging it into all of these other cars, like that is such an expression of what I love about these about these films, right? Because it's such a, it's very much like a, like. So they went back in time and they found teenage buddy and they asked teenage buddy what would be a really cool, you know, what the, describe to me a really cool Batmobile chase, right? I would describe something like that. The idea that he harpoons a car and he uses that car to smash into all of these other cars or like, you know, he like oh this one this one car blows up a thing and it looks like there's rubble and the Batmobile just bursts through this brick wall like that's just so cool
0: that stuff I've I got I uh, I have a huge smile on my face even now talking about it see now a little of that's like I, I did think that scene was awesome but a little of it's undermined for me because the first scene where we see the Batman in the in that uh in that house with like the with like what I presume are supposed to be like sexual slaves in the basement when they shine the flashlight it's the corner the batman is like <laughs> hung up there like a fucking like but he's just like boo it's like it's just like what you, like i just i couldn't stop i couldn't help myself from laughing i thought it was like oh it was this it was the silliest thing to me right like i, I think i think it might have just been like an you know uh, a misplayed hand type of deal but i just yeah no i i feel that
1: i think uh <laughs> that movie didn't didn't ruin it for me mostly because the um, I think that okay so that so that that moment didn't didn't screw anything up for me because I think that everything after that was awesome I think everything after that was great right the point where uh, you know like he's he's running through and you just kind of see him kind of like Moving through the building, I thought that that movement itself just looked great. Yeah, no, you know that's what I true. mean. Ah, man, I don't even. I just, ah, uh, I have, I almost have a hard time talking about this movie because I just like it so much. Uh, okay, it, like I just want to talk. I just want to like gush about how cool I think the movie is. Uh, um, but yeah, I uh, yeah. So, uh,
0: so something that also run a little bit odd for me. I wanted to get your perspective on this. Is that sure? Um, it seems like Metropolis is supposed to be the San Francisco to Gotham's Oakland. Would you agree that that's a, a fair parallel? Yeah, no,
1: that's that's definitely true. That's definitely um,
0: fair. It seems weird to me that this is like the first time the Bat and Superman are interacting, like that. Like th- that. It's that it's because they're they're, they're they're so close to each other, right? Like the fact that Superman can see the Bat signal from Metropolis. It just it just seems weird to me that like they are so close and yet apparently have never run into each other. Um, until uh, this point. I would
1: say okay, so I would say that's a little bit nitpicky, but I think okay, that the implication the- is definitely there in the sense of, uh, you know, I think that this whole thing with with Batman being more and more of an issue, being more and more of a. Uh,
0: of a, a concern for, of, a of a vigilante
1: and a, like a yeah. concern for Superman. Um, you know, they do that time skip, that 18 month time skip, right? right. But it, 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 it's right in the swing of things, right, where where Clark Kent is hearing about all of this, is is hearing about all of this stuff, and he's really looking at, at Batman kind of like the one way. I think also is that you know Batman's been getting more and more brutal, right? The first branding happens. The, which is almost kind of this inciting incident to a certain extent, right? That first branding happens, and then the second branding happens in, during the course of the movie, right? Like, it's not like he's been branding criminals for months and months on end, right? The like, first one has just happened uh, by the time, which kind of brings him to... Oh, uh, re- oh. To see,
0: the- I didn't get that sense. I, I thought that, like, the branding had been going on. For- oh, I guess you're right, because it, Alfred yeah, makes the- a point about, like, I guess you've changed the rules or something.
1: Yeah, in um, the uh uh in, in that first news report they they say it.
0: Uh right, but like that's also so for the news report to me it was like, you know, well it's been happening often enough that we can confirm it's definitely the Batman and not some wannabe. And like it had been happening for a little while for it to have been reported on. But yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, um
1: yeah, what did you think uh, uh people so to uh Kind of bring this in line, right? The Rotten Tomatoes review has this sitting at twenty nine percent or whatever. Uh, Metacritic is a little bit more favorable at forty four percent. Do you agree with those with those numbers from like a criticals perspective?
0: Uh, so like if you were to you know like if I were to put a like, number on it, Batman versus Superman gets seventy five out of a hundred, like straight ooh, up. Enough.
1: Wow, but, that's actually kind of better than I I was. I my number is kind of sixty six. My number is like two out of three. Yeah, I can see two out of three critics like this movie. To a certain extent. Oh, right? oh, like, I i Two so, out of three things in this movie are good
0: almost. Okay. See, like this this is this is this might be me adapting to the video game scale, but like seventy five to me is like fan of it's the fan of the genre score. Oh, um,
1: gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. I mean in the sense of like, so like let's say let's say you're a movie goer and you walk out of this movie and you're like, Huh, I wonder what this got on Rotten Tomatoes, and you make a guess on what it probably has, right? You would say seventy five. Would you go lower? Um
0: Well Given that, so, for those at home that don't know, the Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes is supposed to, so, Metacritic is an average of all scores. Rotten Tomatoes is percentage of favorable reviews versus percentage of disfavorable reviews. Um, And on, this might be getting a little bit too meta, but, like, Rotten Tomatoes being that score is, like, is this movie is, like, coming out of that movie, this movie is going to be incredibly divisive for, like, the type of people who care a lot about, mm. about... Batman and Superman as characters, right? Um, and as a result, I underst Like, I c- I would expect it to be something around fifty percent, right? Like half of people like it, half of people don't like it, and that gives you a a, a solid fifty. Oh, I um, see what you're saying. Yeah, but that's okay, only that because makes... I I know the Rotten Tomatoes algorithm.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, definitely. See, because to a certain extent, I actually think that this is kind of emblematic of some of the problems with kind of the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and even even though. I, I, the Metacritic is also kind of I, like this thing, but it's, it's less bad than Rotten Tomatoes is, uh, just because, uh, I had the same problem with, with Star Wars, The Force Awakens, right, Star Wars, The Force Awakens comes out and it's, you know, it's a pretty good movie, but because pretty good skews up, right, like, and it's a binary, and it's a binary rating, that movie has like a seven, 97%, right, which is to me just like ludicrous, uh, that, you know, that, that it's rated that high. And I think the same thing is true of Batman Superman, but on the bottom side, right? Like, I think it's, a, it's a, it's a movie that's kind of half it, you know, like there's, there's some cool stuff in it. There's some flaws in it. Right. And you know, Hey, maybe the flaws that way, the thing, it puts you, it puts you down. Right. And that tanks it all the way down to, uh to kind of 29% even though most pe- you know like even most of these critics right barring the super kind of hyper fanboy critics uh that are just mad uh because this doesn't really match up with their version of batman or their version of superman right um i think almost all of them were willing to give you know like to give the movie credit where credit was due right like batman is awesome the a- the action scenes worked really well right and they were willing to point out the flaws where the flaws were right the pacing was Really weird, and there was a lot of connective tissue missing uh, from from scene to scene, and so I don't know. That's uh, I, I guess maybe I'm being a little we're, we're like getting a little bit too wrapped up in these.
0: Uh... Yeah, like like just I, I think this is more of a criticism of of how Rotten Tomatoes works, right? Like the the Rotten Definitely, Tomatoes yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience score is seventy percent liked it, um, which makes sense to me. I, I think I think the issue with Rotten Tomatoes is that it's good for most movies. But on but for uh, for movies that are kind of divisive like this, it tells a weird story, and for for like on the opposite end of the spectrum, kids movies it doesn't work for because kids movies are always going to get like, or it's very hard to get a, a negative score out of a kids movie. Right, you always get some form of positive score. Yeah, it's and just that's
1: because all. everybody everybody downplays it, it's like ah, you know, it's for kids, so and, and, I don't really and, care. That is blatantly emotionally manipulative to kill off the imaginary character, whatever his name is. Sure, Bong.
0: yeah. Did, did did you did you see the? Uh, you mentioned this the other, but did you see the, your movie sucks? A review yeah, of, yeah, a review. yeah, of I watched. I out? I
1: have just finished watching his entire like oh, backlog. I mean, okay. he is so he is a very very much the opposite kind of critic, uh, in the sense that I am right. Like, okay, so so here's here's how I kind of think of, uh, you know, like this is how I rate quality in movies, right? Um, I don't think that all movies are created kind of like qualifyingly like equal, right? There are some movies that aim low and some movies that aim high in terms of kind of subject matter, what they're trying to tackle and kind of, you know, like complexity, right? And so I am very much in this camp of like – If this movie has high aspirations but doesn't quite meet the mark, I'm very favorable to that kind of movie, right? But if a movie has relatively low aspirations, is a very kind of straightforward film, and, you know, gets, you know... 10 out of 10 gets every – and gets it all right. I am less favorable to that movie than kind of like the norm would otherwise uh, suggest. Um, And this keys into – you know, like I'm willing to forgive – I'm willing to forgive a lot wrong with Superman, Batman – um, or Batman v Superman in order because I think that, you know, I think the characters are really complex and I love these themes and I love these character arcs. And the more I think about, this is a big test for me. The more I thought about Batman, Superman, the more I liked it, right? Uh, this, the, the exact opposite was true of star Wars, by the way, the more I thought about star Wars, the more kind of vapid and empty I found it to be. Um, but the, yeah, the more I thought about uh, the, uh, batman v superman the more i it felt like the more i was uncovering it felt like i was i was finding new new stuff in there to kind of get into um and so uh just so everybody knows this is this is how i this is how i rate quality in movies that's this
0: (laughs) yeah no that's 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 fair um yeah and I think um, this
1: is a little bit of why I'm a little bit negative on uh on those kinds of Marvel movies. I don't think you know the Avengers isn't really trying to really accomplish all that much besides hey everybody, hey everybody, look at all these characters, you know, they're in yeah, the same universe now compared to uh uh you know like I I so I you know I kind of uh mentioned this before i love the superman arc in this movie because it is about uh superman dealing with his own imperfection right with the fact that he's not a you know that he is not a perfect person right and i love that moment when he comes out of the you know like uh the the congress has literally blown up in front of his face right and he goes and he's talking to lois and he says i'm afraid." that I didn't see the bomb because I wasn't looking for it, right? Like, oh, I, I, oh, I feel that so hard. I love that. I love that version of the, of the Superman character. And I have a lot of kind of uh, – I have a lot of empathy for that version of Superman because I think the the Boy Scout, the noble, bright, uh, best – you know, he's he's the best that we can possibly be version of Superman is – also, the kind of Superman that we complain about when we're like, oh, Superman's too perfect, Superman's too powerful, you know what I mean? I think that those are very hand-in-hand. Hand. Oh, yeah,
0: uh, no, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think a conflicted Superman is, is an interesting Superman. Um, and I, I think they handled it fairly well for for this film. Um, you kind of, in a roundabout way, or coming around to one, something I want to discuss is I actually really loved Lex Luthor. Um, did you
1: really? That's interesting. Yeah. He seems to be the most people are universally in uh the Batman Wonder Woman camp. They think Gal Gadot and they think that uh Ben Affleck did a great job, but everyone wants to get on Lex Luthor's case. I was actually pretty bad. I was very I was very negative on Lex Luthor. I saw what they were going for, but I really thought they 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 missed, right? Oh, um, Really? And I thought Jesse Eisenberg was really miscast. And then I saw it again. And I saw it again and I, I – you know, I saw it again. I had seen everything and I had uh, – this is a little bit like uh, – I, I just – I saw it again and it clicked way more for me. It just I, – I saw – there's a lot of attacks uh, based on the Lex Luthor character about his motivations and about, like, oh, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? His personality changes, right? Like, every five seconds. That's actually not true. Uh, the, he he has... He, what I like about him, he has a very clear character arc as well, right? Um, and, uh, I don't know, I am much more in Camp Lex Luthor, and I am...
0: Uh, I do hope he makes a return in the DC Universe uh, now. I, I agree. Like, I, I think the... Like... I, I was not so sold on the very final scene with him where he kind of, like, starts ranting through the jail cell. Um, but I think for most of the movie, I, I really like the kind of, like, craze genius type of idea. I really like the kind of, like, uh, you know, I, I live in Silicon Valley, the kind of, like, Silicon Valley... Right, uh, yeah. You know, dude type of aspect to it. I love, like, you know, just little, like, you know, things like, you know, how crazy he is. He's willing to blow up his, what appears to be like a very trusted advisor of his. Yeah,
1: dude, no, Mercy Graves, that's like, that, that's not a little character, that's a real character, right? She's in a, she's like his right hand, right hand person. Um, in the comics, she's actually an Amazon, uh, which always, I I don't think they're doing that in the movie, I wish they, I wish they kind of were, but it always makes for like, it's like little, little interesting
0: tidbits about uh, uh, Mercy but yeah, the, the the fact that he's willing to like send her to that fate just so he can like make his point, right? Like the like I, I I don't know I I really like I just really like the way he played out. Um, um, I like you know even like the kind of like things that like seemed like like the kind of like uh what like like the eagerness right like even mm. like even something that like it's either. You know, if you consider it one way, it's kind of like a weird plot point. And the other way, it's like him tipping his hand a little early because he's so excited for this is, you know, you know, Clark Kent meets Bruce Wayne. I love bringing people together. Like, why does he care about who the hell Clark Kent is? Right? Like, yeah, you know, honestly, I think a really
1: cool part of this movie is that he knows both who Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne are. Right. It's really, you know, it's it's not something they really go into, right? It's very, it's very subtle and everything, right? But like Lex Luthor clearly knows that that Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne and uh, Clark Kent, or Bruce Wayne it is, is Batman, Batman and Clark Kent, Kent is, is super bad. Yeah. And so I think, you know, honestly, I think this is a bit of what I liked so much about the second viewing. Right when I knew
0: that fact, it really <laughs> recontextualized. That scene. Oh, right. oh, yeah, right. Like it, it seems to me that's like, you know, oh, he's he he tipped his hand a little bit early, but right. no one caught it. right like they were too busy, like you know, Bruce Wayne was too busy trying to like hack some shit, and Clark Kent was too distracted by like, why is why is this Bruce Wayne character acting all weird? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although that did his followed up by kind of like, I think my least favorite scene in the movie, which is when like. Like, you know, they go into the, they go into the basement, um, Wonder Woman has stolen Batman's dongle, um, and, and, or, and, uh, Clark Kent, or rather, yeah, Clark Kent looks at the television screen and sees, like, a house fire in Guatemala or wherever, it looks like it's supposed to be South America, and, right. you know, he's just there, and he has another, like, straight-up Jesus moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, like, and... I just saw that, like, like, you know, even more so than, like, the T-pose in space, the, that moment was a little bit, just a little bit too much for me.
1: Uh, I, uh, you know, I don't necessarily begrudge you. I don't necessarily tell you that. I like, I man, see, I like that moment just because I liked that they lingered on it, right? That uh, I think that this was really important for setting up the conflict in Superman, right? He wants to, you know, he wants to understand this whole thing with Bruce Wayne, right? He's hearing this and everything. And, and but like, and, and then he sees this fire and he doesn't immediately go, like, right? Like, he doesn't immediately leave. He takes a minute to to consider, like, which is the right thing for me to do here? Because uh, it, it it really helps set up this, uh, I don't know, that same kind of conflict. You know, honestly, something that I also, I didn't like it in the first the first time I saw it. But then I got it the second time I saw it, was the John Kent scene. Like, that dream sequence. Um, where he's up there and he's just moving, you know, he's Sisyphe, like, you know, he's moving these rocks, right? And he tells this story about how... Um, you know, a flood happened, and so he and his uh, he and his father saved the farm by diverting the by diverting the flood. But it went and it completely destroyed uh, the the Lang farm. By the way, comics tidbit: Lana Langs Lana Lang is you know like Superman's first love interest, uh, and uh, and if I remember correctly. I think her, like, her farm does go, like, her father's farm does go under, and he's abusive, uh, which is just, like, you know, little details. I love him. Anyway, um, yeah, and he talks about how he thought he was being, a he- you know, he thought he was being a hero, and... Uh, and he was eating this special cake that his mom baked, you know, that his mom baked him for saving the farm and everything. And all the while the you know the lang the lang farm these horses are drowning, right? And I I first I was really struck by that and I was just like, wow, that's bleak, right? Like, you know, this idea that no matter what Superman does, there will always be negative consequences right for every every person he saves uh every person he yeah there there will be some negative consequence to it that he's not seeing and that's going to be bad and that sucks and I was just like and I was almost so depressed uh that I didn't hear the second part of that story which is the important part in the second part of that story he talks about Clark asks him he's like because obviously he's feeling the exact same way uh Clark asks him and he says does that feeling ever go away? And Jonathan Kent says, Yeah, as soon as that you know, like as soon as I met your mother, right? And I realized in the second viewing that that, that scene isn't there to try and make a philosophical statement about how every time, you know, Superman saves a cat out of a tree. The the a tree branch falls and kills a little kid. You know some yeah. craziness, right? Like the point of that story is is the is the appearance of that, right? How Superman has to let go of this idea that he is responsible for all of these consequences and do the right thing no matter what. That's what's important. Uh, and that and that scene actually comes back later in the movie because he he repeats the quote to. Uh, to Lois Lane because the specific Jonathan Kent quote is something along the lines of like you know I met your mother and she was my world and she changed you know like and she and she she got me over that hump essentially um, and when Superman rescues Lois Lane and by the way the most r- ridiculously contrived rescue ever. Um, uh, when he rescues Lois Lane, that's what he says. He says, you are my world to her. And then he goes off and sacrifices himself to kill Doomsday. And I just love that so much. And uh, it's something I totally missed on the first time. Uh, it's something I totally missed the first time I saw the movie.
0: Oh, That's absolutely fair.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. I think there's a, there's a lot – I think there's a lot on the surface that uh, that turns people off to a certain extent. Um, this I, I agree with everybody that's like, yeah, Lois Lane really doesn't have any reason to go back. First of all, she doesn't have any reason to throw the, the kryptonite spear down the well in the first place. Right. right? Uh, besides, I guess just to get it away from him, but it's kind of whatever. And then she has no – no, Alfred – I think there's a scene missing where like Alfred calls her or something and it's like, by the way – Hey, by the way, Super Superman needs you to get that spear back, right? And so she goes and she gets the spear. Um,
0: and, yeah, uh, I, I think it was this weird thing because, like, I remember when I first saw it, I, I thought that it was like, "Oh, she wants to get rid, she wants to get rid of it," right? Like, and I, I kind of assumed that the well that she threw it in was like deep, mm-hmm. like, like that that it was going to be gone. And I, I, I at that when I first saw it, I assumed that one of the super people was going to have to have to go get it hell i was even like giggling to myself it's like you know aquaman comes up it's like here here it is and like hands it, <laughs> um, it's funny and and hands it off but uh like it when it when the pool was that shallow I was like what what <laughs> like why yeah to, uh, but you
1: know i you know it's You know, I uh one of the first rumors about the movie I bet and I actually think that there is some credence to this. I bet it was in the script for a while, but they probably cut it out, was that uh that whole bit in the beginning with the Indian Ocean and those divers and Lex Luthor's person, that whole bit was uh uh that, that whole bit was an Aquaman bit where Aquaman uh, uh, was cleaning up, like, the wreck, and he finds the mineral uh, and ends up uh, and ends up getting, giving it to Lex Luthor. I, I, I get why – it's, it's one of those things where I think that's a cool moment because I love Aquaman so much I just want him to be all right. over this fucking movie, right? Uh, but I'm definitely glad that they changed it because I, I – there was no, – nobody talked about a motivation at the time. Nobody knew any of this other craziness. They just the, – the, the thing was that Aquaman was um, – Very involved in the cleanup in the Indian Ocean, and uh, and that he found uh, and that he found kryptonite there. But uh, uh, yeah, did you? uh, How did you feel about those Justice League? Those those, that completely out of place trailer for the Justice League movie that was just you know in the middle uh, in the middle of it.
0: Honestly, I thought it should have been a post-credit scene.
1: Yeah, I yep, I'm with you 100. percent I think it should have been a post-credit like the, scene. Like exactly. that would have been
0: perfect, right? Like you get the glimpse of the icons in the mo- in the regular movie. That's mm-hmm. fine, and then the post-credit scene is like Batman being like, "No, let's see about these other files and and, and going through them." Um,
1: yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that
0: they're or maybe or even, even not post-credits, but like you know a denouement type thing, right? Like mm-hmm. like you've got like you know like they're, they're showing. They're showing Superman's like grave, and like they're like playing some ominous music. Then flip back to Batman looking through the files, and then like you know the dirt starts like the last shot is still the dirt flying up a little bit, but like it's like and Wonder bit,
1: Woman's you know over, you know over his shoulder in the Batcave. Yeah, I would go. I, that that would have been way better. I, that would have been way better.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, I think I, I think kind of like a more universal scale. I think it's a mistake to have the flash be a different flash from the TV series. I don't watch TV oh, really? series. I, so I think this is just from kind of like a, it's like, 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 a, like a branding perspective almost. Right. Like, like if you want to, I, I I like cohesive universes, right? Like I, I mm-hmm. as, as kind of like fiddly as like the Marvel TV series connections to the real series are, um, I like the fact that those moments are there, even so small as they are. I think it's. I just think it's a mistake to like, like just ignore essentially the TV continuity.
1: To a certain extent, I I've almost from a business perspective, I agree with you. I think that uh, so the 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 DC the DC TV series, I I love all of them. I think they're all spectacular. Uh, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, and the Flash, and everything. Um, I think really what it comes down to is like a creativity thing. Uh, the Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow are obviously way lower in budget. They have a different tone uh, because of that. Um, and it really does hamstring a, a lot of the things that, like, it really does hamstring kind of a lot of, like, the creative decisions that can happen, uh, in the universe and in the world because you, you have, you are, you are a slave to, uh, you know, five seasons of Arrow continuity, right? Well, that's um, and everything like that. And so, from the, from, like, that perspective, I'm definitely kind of down with it, right? Um, I think... Uh, I also, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit sad because for a long time it was rumored that uh, Christopher Miller and Philip Lord of the Lego Movie and the like, the 21 Jump Street kind of fame, uh, were going to be doing the Flash movie, but uh, they ended up just writing it, or I think they're, I, they're not even writing it anymore. They're just doing a concept for it. Uh, the director of the film is going to be uh, somebody different, and uh, uh, I think, I think it's going to be, you know, I, I think that having having multiple versions of the same kind of character almost uh is gonna be you know is gonna be neat right like I think that doing a movie version of Captain Cold or a movie version of the reverse flash who's a little bit different than the TV version who obviously has a certain subset of motivations and right and all of this extra kind of like continuity weighing him down is a pretty good you know it's a it's a pretty good starting point right so that nobody has to feel like they you know nobody has to feel like they have to go watch three seasons of The Flash in order to go see his, you know, movie that comes out in see, three
0: years. See, if, if, if I were DC Cinematic Universe chairman, I would say that Flash doesn't get his own movie because there's also practical concerns there, right? You can't make, if you put a TV star in a movie, he's going to demand more movie for the TV series and it this kills the TV series. Yeah, that's, that's um, yep, huge part of it. Um, but I if, if I was DC Cinematic Universe chairman, um, chairman i would have there not be a flash movie and just have him appear in the justice league because i think you can get away with um character in ensemble movie um from a tv series but that that's more of a business consideration than anything else yeah that's um, the, the, the i newest, also the, go on sorry the,
1: the biggest the biggest hot rumor just while we're on the flash actually is that uh based on so uh zach snyder zach snyder's producer is his wife uh deborah snyder and she's you know she's another huge producer she's kind of so there's there's a couple of like inside baseball behind the scenes stuff in it but uh there's more of like a kind of committee that runs the dc movie universe and she's on that committee but she was uh she gave an interview where she implied that uh cyborg and the flash are going to be in the Flash's movie uh which is a big which is I, i see this is the stuff that i this is the stuff that i like and this is the stuff that i really want these movies to come into right i love the idea that you know When we get a Ben Affleck solo Batman movie, you know, yeah, maybe you know, maybe he goes and talks to Henry Cavill for a scene, right? Because Batman and Superman are buddies, and he wants his opinion on how to deal with whatever, right? Or, or uh, in the you know in the Aquaman movie, uh, he has to go kind of consult Themyscira and Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, in the same way that almost, like, you know, like, Ant-Man runs into Falcon or whatever. I, I like those interactions. And I think those little, t- like, kind of saying, okay, here's somebody who carries her own movie. This is, Gal- you know, Gal Gadot obviously does Wonder Woman. But in the Aquaman movie, she comes in first scene just to kind of help him out, do a thing, right? That is something that I'm super down for when it comes to all of these movies. Marvel and DC, uh,
0: non discriminant. Yeah. Um. Also, question, quick question for you. I, I have... No idea about Cyborg outside of like the Teen Titans cartoon. Um, is that is is, is the guy is the side supposed to be his dad? Because I definitely got yep. that impression. Okay, the
1: side the so the the original Cyborg story is he gets hit by like he gets a car, he's in a car crash, and uh, and his dad Cyborg or rises him, and then he becomes part of the Teen Titans. Um DC revamped their continuity a couple of years ago uh, for the quote-unquote New 52, right? Where they do kind of 52 different comics or whatever. And in that continuity, um, Martian Manhunter is no longer a founding member of the Justice League. Cyborg is. Um, Cyborg gets, uh, you know, he gets basically attacked by Darkseid's minions. And he gets kind of covered in this, like, crazy hellfire stuff. And so in order to save his life, um, his father basically fuses him with man this is arcane lore okay in in uh like dark sides you know dark sides world they use these things called mother boxes which are really really advanced computers right and they're these uh they're they're what allow dark side's people to teleport these are what the boom tubes are if you've ever seen superman the animated series those big tube things with like the kind of rings that come out that's a boom tube that's created by mother boxes um cyborg gets fused with a mother box in order to bring him back to life and he's a founding member of the justice league and that that crazy cube thing that like oscillating hypercubed kind of tesseract craziness uh, <laughs> it is, uh, that's a mother box. And so uh, that was like, kind of like the birth of Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Of Optimus Prime, you know, uh, honestly. Okay. So secretly one of my favorite DC universe properties is Teen Titans go. And, uh, which is by the way, one of the funniest it's, it's so, it's so good. There's an episode though, where they, uh, they're making fun of 80s power metal, like albums and like album covers being just kind of like so ridiculously weird but also simultaneously op- awesome and in the end of that mo- and in the end of that episode Cyborg becomes Cyborgimus Prime and he transforms into a truck. <laughs> so, yeah, anybody anybody who wants to go see that, it's called 40% 40% 20% and it's and it's amazing. Just a little shout out.
0: <laughs> okay, so to wrap it up, I want to ask you a question about um about one scene in particular about Batman versus Superman. Um, Cause sure. um, I, I'm, I'm going to hold back on telling you what my thought you might've, I might've told you already, but uh, what did you think of uh, Martha? Why did you say that name? <laughs> um,
1: the, it is. Uh, I thought the mo- the moment, the moment played fine for me the first time i was with it i was in the moment and i and i and i got it so instantly right and more importantly than i got it i didn't expect it right i almost had no idea how they were going to reconcile this whole thing right um when the two of them uh when the two of them were were throwing down and it was such a clever way i think to get at the point right which is that Batman is looking at Superman and thinking he's he's just another alien like Zod. He's just another supervillain like all of these supervillains who I've fought, you know, my entire career, right? He is it, Batman willingly dehumanizes Superman so that he can kind of justify him you know like his actions. Um and it was such a great moment to symbolically be like Hey, by the way, Superman is a person, and he has a mom, right? And not only that, you know, like his his like it it was. I got I got the connection almost instantly, and I was just like, and I think, and I actually think Ben Affleck played it pretty well. Uh, where I was just sitting there, and I was just like, oh my god, you know, like you you must be sitting there, just like I can't believe I fucked up this bad, like you know. And I so that it really worked for me, and then you know. You yeah, and then you know, you kind of think on it in hindsight. It, yeah, it's kind of cheesy, right? Like it's a little bit contrived. Like, why does he say why does he say it that way specifically, right? Like, wouldn't he just call his mom mom? Doesn't that not make a lot of sense, right? Um but I you know I don't know. I was so with it the first time that even though I get that stuff, I understand where it's coming from, right? I see, I, I, could, I, I could I could care less.
0: See, like uh Perhaps, perhaps this is unexpected, but I actually really loved it too. I thought it was I, for different reasons than you, like I, I get your humanizing point, and I think that's that's very good. But to me, I thought it was almost kind of like poetic that something so trivial that like their mom happened to have the same. like that's what keeps Superman from dying. Not okay. that he's a superhero, not that like, you know, you, know, Batman on his own accord is like, you know, well, what the fuck am I doing, right? The fact that something so trivial that they, their mom happened to have the same name, like, that little coincidence is just what caught, like, I, I thought that, that was pretty neat. I thought that it was, it, it's not so so big and so important and so overwrought to, to like, stick out as, like, you know, like a deus sex machina to me, mm-hmm. but I, I thought, like, you know, just, you know, these little things that, like, you know these little things in the world that like can make all the difference, for for nothing, right? For the fact that you know two people have the same name. I I, I love that. I I, I know. I, I it, it rang the right way for me in, in that scene.
1: Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, the the reason that it's running. The wrong way for a lot of people, I think, is because they're all, they they were not you know they they weren't they weren't like me where they were kind of swept up and everything right they were turned off by the minor inconsistencies or they were turned this off. This is because, part of
0: the building fury,
1: right? Exactly, and so you know um, because I was so with the movie, I just kind of I couldn't I just couldn't care less whether or not it it was it was kind of an awkward moment in reality, right? But I definitely see, you know, if you're the kind of person that wants Superman to be Christopher Reeves and you're getting really bent out of shape because he's not, and you're sitting there and you're just clenching your fist and you're like, mm, I can't believe they're doing this to Superman, right? Like, <laughs> if, you're the, if you're that kind yeah. <laughs> if, you're that <laughs> if you're that kind of person, uh, I can see how, like, this is something where are like, oh my God, that's so stupid, right? Like, you know, I... I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure if I was more with it in. Just to draw a parallel here. Like, I'm sure if I was more with it in. Uh. Star Wars The Force Awakens. If I was more swept up in that whole thing. Right. That. The. The weird little moments that did bug me on a second time. Right. How Rey is just unconscionably good at, you know. Fucking everything. Right. And. Uh, you know, you, well, see the problem is I I liked Force Awakens, but I didn't I didn't get as swept up in it and everything. Right, the, like when I, uh, yeah, for... Was here, by the, the way. S- simil- when s- Han Solo died,
0: oh, oh, I would say similarly for me, the moment when Rey does the the Force suggestion trick in the chair was the moment where I was like, okay, that's too much. Let's mentally go back through everything.
1: Yeah, and you know what you know what else it was for me for Rey? It was when okay, they're in the middle of this fucking lightsaber battle, um and kylo ren you know like he makes a swing and she blocks it and the camera's so fucking close on her face right and she she's sitting there and she blocks it and she closes her eyes and she's her eyes are closed and it's like four or five seconds and then she opens them with all this like renewed vigor and everything and i was just sitting there and i was like Kylo Ren is the worst fucking swordsman on the planet. He should have bought. He should have like, you know, he should have sliced Ooh, her like six ways to fucking Sunday when she's sitting there right,
0: like, Ooh, with buddy, her eyes closed. Buddy, he got he got shot with a caster bolt, yeah, right? Like which doesn't matter at all until we need to justify this point. Yeah, uh, and, and
1: you know, <laughs> and the same thing is
0: true. Uh, the, the point I was going
1: to make earlier was like the Han Solo death scene, right? There's a part of me that... Man, see, th- th- this is the kind of stuff that I live for in Star Wars, right? My favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith because I get so swept up in it, right? And because I don't care how stupid it says when he says, "Only a st- this Sith deals in absolutes. Yes, I understand that's a retarded thing for somebody to say, but I don't care because at the time I'm just really, you know, I feel the, like, the loss between Obi-Wan and Anakin, right? I feel how they were brothers and that brotherhood is fracturing and I'm with it and I have so much pathos for this whole thing that I just I don't care I'm with it right but for the Han Solo thing it was the exact opposite because it was just like the movie was like by the way by the way Han Solo's gonna die and it's gonna be a lot like Obi-Wan dying do you see what we're doing do you see how this is a lot like Obi-Wan dying by the way by the way Han Solo's dying and it's and it's gonna be a lot like and I was just sitting there and I was just like and and then he died and i was like well first of all that was ridiculously predictable and second of all that moment was entirely ruined because the movie wanted me to know how much it was like the you know I, I just i couldn't i i wasn't i wasn't in the moment um and i don't i you know i don't know i don't know why i don't know why it works for me in batman versus superman and it doesn't work for me in uh in star wars the force awakens but there's just something there that was uh yeah, I, I don't know. There's something there that was missing.
0: I, I I I don't know if there's a name for it, but it's like I think it, I think it's like you know these 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 moments that like catch you and like rip you out of it. Like I, the more I think about these things, about whether these kind of things bother me or not, the more I can like trace it back to these kind of individual moments that 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 kind of really really like hurt it for me. Um, but yeah, that's uh. That's our take on Batman v Superman and some other subjects. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely right. Uh, I think, man. Oh God, I love this movie so much. I really hope people. Uh, I really hope people do see it. Even though I guess a lot of people. Uh, I like, just to touch on this inside baseball stuff, Superman Batman had a ridiculously powerful opening weekend. It's made seven hundred million dollars. Uh, in you know. However, however many weeks it, the the DC universe slate is obviously moving forward. Uh, it being a box office success is a is a good you know is a good thing, and um, you know we're still going to get all these other movies. I think I think it's going to be interesting because the ones that are coming up Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, uh, the first Justice League movie are going to be very different tonally to Batman v Superman. Uh, I think Justice League is not. I think Justice League is going to be nowhere near as bleak. Because at the end of the day, I think this movie was so bleak so that it could get to the point at the end where it is, you know, uh, brighter and, and more and more positive, right? You end this movie with Superman, right, reconciling this conflict and no longer feeling the, the guilt that had been paralyzing him. You end this movie with Batman abandoning this cruelty because he understands, uh, you know, like he understands he understands who Superman is and the kind of, uh, and, and that he shouldn't be so quick to judge you. And this movie with Wonder Woman, right. Who, who literally, you know, she literally says, you know, like I left the world of man because of how horrible it was. She still, you know, she still comes out and defends it. Right. Um, and so I think that, I think that things will get notably more positive from here on out. Uh, so I you know, there you have, you have that to look forward to from the noble bright, uh, in the noble bright future yeah i i agree um (laughs) okay well uh yeah i guess we're uh i guess we're done uh we'll probably do these intermittently i imagine we'll probably end up doing one for civil war have a lot of thoughts about that movie already because i know a lot about what happens but i'm really excited for it don't uh Um, don't spoil it for me i know i don't want to say anything obviously but you know that's in a month um I'm sure that uh, there will be other stuff where we can unlock our bonus, bonusodes. <laughs> yeah, bonusodes. Um, yeah, have you watched any of, like, Daredevil Season 2 or anything? along Not of the
0: yet. I watched Jessica Jones in preparation for Daredevil Season 2, and I haven't watched Shit, it yet. Yeah,
1: I, have, I haven't watched Jessica Jones. I really need to get around to it. I
0: like Jessica Jones a lot. Um, I We could talk about that some other time. Maybe that'll be another bonus bonusode, uh, the, the Marvel yeah. Netflix series. But uh, um, until then... You can listen right on this channel for our normal content, which is video games and tabletop games content. Um, you can email us at some derpsplaygames at gmail.com to tell us what you think of Batman versus Superman or any other topic you really wish to. Um, you can comment on the thing. You can watch us play tabletop games live at some derps play games or twitch.tv/ some derps play games. We've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook group. All these links will be in the description uh for everything. Uh Anything you wanted to say, buddy? Nope, I think we're uh I think we're good to go. Uh Yeah.
1: Uh yeah.
0: Until next time, dear listeners.
1: Until next time, dear listeners. <laughs>